trouble. So trouble comes, which brings pressure. When pressure comes on you, what's it trying to do? Pressure is trying to squeeze you in a negative way. You ever take a tube of toothpaste? Hopefully most of you today. <laughs> and what did you do with that tube of toothpaste? Squeezed it. What did the squeezing cause the, the, the tube to do? Produce paste. So you could put it on the brush and brush your teeth. Is the pressure in itself bad? See, so many times that's how we look at it. We look at the pressure being bad. Oh, here we go again. Here comes the devil again. And we get all discouraged. But that's not everybody's attitude. Go to Romans chapter 5. We looked at it last week, but we'll look, or two weeks ago, but we'll look at it again. Romans chapter 5. If you can change your attitude, you will find yourself going through the pressure much quicker and coming out with victory much faster and much more enjoyable. Your attitude will determine how long you stay in the wilderness. I think I need to say that again. What do you think, Elijah? Your attitude will determine how long you stay in your problem. The pressure's coming to put pressure on you. Why? Because Satan wants to stop you, right? Um, Matthew 13, 21. He hath no root in himself, but doeth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. So Satan comes thinking that he can get you offended. Can he do it? Huh? Can he do it, Andrew? No way. Why? You ain't going to let him. Why? Because you've been watering your heart every day with the Word of God. Amen. And let me tell you this too. This will be a revelation to some of you. The Lord showed me this years ago. He said that no matter where you are spiritually, if you've been born again for a week, a year, or 10 years, if you seek Him every day, you'll have enough grace to blow every problem out of the water no matter what it is. Amen. No matter what it is. You'll have understanding that you need for whatever situation that you're dealing with. Is that in the Bible? Sure is. You can jot this down if you want. Proverbs 28.5 says, Evil men understand not pressure or judgment or trials, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. If you're seeking God every day, Whatever trial or pressure comes to you, you're going to understand what to do. You'll have enough grace to overcome whatever the trial is, no matter what it is. I don't care if you read the Beatitudes, or you read Psalm 1, or Psalm 91, or, or you read Matthew chapter 1 about who begat who. You can whip the devil with the begats. Why? Because you're seeking the Lord. If you're seeking the Lord, you understand all things. How much is all? Romans chapter 5. This is a man who changed his attitude about flipsis, about pressure. And we're all going to have to deal with pressure. 
Again, I remind you, you may be good ground regarding salvation, regarding heaven, but you may be wayside ground regarding healing. You may be stony ground regarding finances. Come on. You may be thorny ground regarding peace, regarding relationships. You can be good ground in one area, and you are just nothing in another area. Come on. Amen. So do we all need to develop in these areas? Oh, yeah. And so if you are wayside regarding healing, then one of the tools that Satan is going to, well, let me not say wayside. If you're stony ground regarding healing, then one of the tools that Satan is going to use is affliction and persecution. What's an example of affliction? You run into somebody at the grocery store. Hey, how you doing? And all of a sudden you both realize you're Christians. But he doesn't believe in healing at all. And you say, yeah, I went to church today and I got hands laid on me and all the pain left my body. And he says, well, don't you know that healing has passed away? That was only back for the, the, the apostles in the book of Acts when they were establishing the kingdom of God. But God doesn't heal today. Oh, you poor brother. You really believe that? No. You'll just be disappointed. So what's happened? Affliction? Persecution? And now what will it cause that person who has no root in them to become? To now become offended. Because now they start questioning it. Why do they start questioning it? Because they got no root. What should they have done? been led by the Spirit and not gone to the grocery store today, to that day to meet brother doubt and unbelief when they could have gone home and watered. Romans chapter 5. The Holy Ghost is helping us today. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 5. I, I, I really, really sense like we are really making progress today. Anybody else sense that? We're really getting somewhere today. Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we glory in Philipsis. He does What? He glories in it. So here comes the pressure from brother doubt and unbelief. Healing's passed away. But Paul, who's been watering the seed, says, oh, you know what? I hear what you're saying. But let me show you what 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says. It says, by his stripes we were healed. He says, oh, that's just spiritual healing. So this person who's been watering himself turns to Matthew chapter 13 and says right here that, that as it was written by the prophet Isaiah that himself bore our infirmities so that we might be healed. Well, that's not talking about uh, uh, spiritual healing, brother doubt and unbelief, because that person got healed from leprosy. That person got healed as by his ears were opened. So that's talking about physical healing. Yeah, but that was for yesterday. Oh, well, let me take you over to, to Hebrews chapter 13. See, I've been watering my heart with the word, and it says over there that Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that means that what Jesus did yesterday, 
He's also doing it today, and he'll do the same thing tomorrow. By his stripes, I am healed. I love you, brother, doubt and unbelief, but I don't agree with you. Hallelujah. I can, I can love you and not agree with everything you may believe. If, I, if, if you can't show me in the word, I have no obligation to receive it. But if you show me in here, then I will humble, humble myself under the mighty hand of God and let him exalt me. Let him heal me. Let him deliver me. Amen. This ain't about religion. This is about a relationship. It's about a walk with God. Is that the time? Y'all, can y'all take a little more or should we add part four next week? Take a bit more? Okay. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So Paul says that I glory in trouble. We got to change our attitude when trouble comes. Don't receive the trouble right away. It might seem to move you for a minute, but go home and water it. Get a tape out. I got, I got um, like 60 gigabytes of messages that I've uploaded to iTunes, uh, what's it called? iTunes Match. And now I can download them anytime I want and listen to them on my iPhone or my iPad. Hey, you ask my wife. I'm listening to Kenneth Hagin, Keith Butler, Keith Moore, Kenneth Copeland, John Ward. Man, I was listening to myself this morning, and I'm like, preach! I played one part over and over three times, didn't I? Then I put it in the bathroom for her to listen to. Glory to God. Why? Because the sower is sowing the word. And what's he also doing? Water in the word. Water in the word. Water in the word. If I don't produce, it's not anybody's fault but my own. I can't blame the devil. I can't blame my neighbor. I can't blame my pastor. I can only blame me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got to change our attitude. Come on, say, I glory in trouble. Come on, I glory in trouble. Now say it with an attitude. Come on, say it with an attitude. Yeah, stand up. Show them your attitude. You don't have to. I'll show you what she did. I glory in trouble. See, so you got to put a little hip into it. You got to put a little neck into it. You got to put a little wrist into it. Yeah. Don't ever let the devil see you sweat. Don't ever let the devil see you sweat. You say, shut up, devil. You are defeated. And then you take the word of God and you whip him up the left side, whip him up the right side with the word of God. And you push him back. You have authority over the devil. You have authority over his lies. And it's called the word of God. The word of God is your badge to walk forward. That belongs to you. And when you know it's yours... It produces a bit of an attitude. But that ain't a bad attitude. That's a good attitude. When Paul said, I glory in trouble, he's talking with an attitude. I glory in it. I honor God in it. I rejoice in it. That word uh, 
That word glory means I boast in it. Didn't he say that somewhere else? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, I boast in infirmities. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For when I am weak, I am strong. Glory. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So that's trouble. That's pressure. Let's talk about persecution for just a moment. Matthew chapter 5. I'm thinking about getting ready to close. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Come on, hurry up. Matthew 5, verse 10. When you get there, say amen. Still hear pages turning. Matthew 5, verse 10. Blessed, say blessed, blessed, are they which are persecuted. Huh? Now wait a minute. He's got me glorying in trouble. And now he says when people come against me, I'm what? Blessed. Huh? Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense to this or to the world. But are we in the world? Well, we're in the world, but are we of the world? No. We're in the kingdom of God. Say, I'm blessed when I'm persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now, if he had stopped with blessed are they which are persecuted, that could include a lot of people. And it could include us when we're persecuted because we stole a box of rubber bands from the office. That ain't the persecution he's talking about. He's talking about persecution when you do the right thing. <laughs> Which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. In other words, they're operating in the kingdom. So what should you do when you're persecuted for talking about Jesus? Say what? Should you sit around and feel bad? No. Oh, God, stop this persecution. What should you do? Say, I'm blessed. Ble Verse 11, blessed are you when men shall, oh, man, now they're reviling you. Now they're talking about you at the lunch table. And persecute you and shall say, oh, man, they're talking about you all over the place now. But they're, they're not talking good about you. They're saying all manner of evil against you. Now here's a key word. Falsely. They're not talking about you because they saw you take the box of rubber bands. They're talking about you because you're telling people about Jesus. Amen. You know, you may not be able to talk to people about Jesus during the time from 9 a.m. till 12 o'clock. But from 12 till 1, that's your lunch hour. That ain't their lunch hour, at your lunch hour. Verse 12, do what? When you're persecuted, do what? When you're reviled, do what? When they say all manner of evil against you, do what? Rejoice. And what? Be excited.
exceeding glad. What does glad mean? Brighten up. Don't you be down and tearful and oh, woe is me. Rejoice. Now, you need to know why you're rejoicing. Why are you rejoicing? For little, small, mega, oh, God, glory to God. <laughs> Great, megas is the, is the Greek word, is your reward in heaven. For they persecuted your, the prophets which came before you. Drop down to verse 43. Verse 43. You have heard it said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But I say unto you, huh? Your enemies? Love your enemies? How do you love somebody uh, who you like? How do you love them? Stand up, Andrew. Love you, brother. God bless you. Here's some money. <laughs> You're supposed to do that to your enemies. You talk about giving the devil a black eye. Start doing that to your enemies. Before you know it, you'll see the devil will stop bugging you in these areas. Because every time he turns around, you're breaking down his kingdom. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Do good to them that hate you. If you do good to me, what would you do? Give me some money. Take me to lunch. Invite me over for a barbecue. Hello. What are you, who are you supposed to do good to? Woo! But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Let me say something about this real quick, and then we'll just end, we'll pick up next week. If, you're, if you think that someone hates you, do you know that most of the time that's just a lie from the devil? Amen. Most of the time, especially in the church, that person ain't even thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. They're worrying about their problems and their issues and their troubles and their cares and you just happened to be in the vicinity when they were thinking about it and you got an ugly look. You got the ugly from them that day. It had nothing to do with you. Zero. You just happened to be in the firing line when they were full of junk. So quit acting like the world, and when persecution comes, what are you supposed to do to them? Love them. Do good to them. Pray for them and bless them. And then you'll be like your Father in heaven who makes his reign come down on the just and the unjust and the sun to shine upon both. God is good all the time and we're supposed to be imitators of God as dear children 
and good all the time. And then you will protect, I'm closing right here, listen, that you know, we saved the best for last. And then you will guard and protect your ground so that it can bring forth good fruit. 